What is up, everybody on YouTube and, of course, the podcast? It has been a little while since I made a video. I've been very busy with my new clothing line that went insanely viral when I first launched it um, and has continued to remain amazing. Um, so, first off, I want to say, if you haven't, go check out muchlovestore.com. That is my new clothing line, American First Mentality. The American Dream is alive and well. Every garment you get comes with a tag, with a message on it. We're trying to be motivating. We're trying to be uh, a positive light in everything that's going on right now. Um, as you can see, I'm wearing one of my shirts. You can't really see it, but it says, unapologetically black, white. I'm going to keep pulling it up. American. And at the very bottom, it says, united we stand. Thankfully, you didn't see what was below that but um this is one of the shirts that we have up right now unapologetically black unapologetically white none of those i'm unapologetically american um because all in all it's like oh racial division and we don't like racial division and then we just divide by by claiming everything has to do with race it's ridiculous and that is actually what i want to talk to you guys about today is um a clip that i saw with emmanuel acho which yes i feels like i'm picking on him but the, the way he talks just just is interesting to me, um, and the fact that he's partnered with Oprah makes it very intriguing to me to see what Oprah's trying to push through him. Um, the man's 30 years old. He has a way of speaking to me that feels like he's talking down to people, almost like he's, you know, you know, uh, archangel, and everyone else just needs to sit there and take notes as if it's like, you know, Jesus giving a sermon on the mountain, something like that. So I'm going to play this clip for you guys, and then we're going to talk about some race today. Isn't that exciting? I mean, have you guys not heard enough about race in 2020? You want to hear more? Let's dive into it. I'm going to open this clip up and let's go. Kate Conkite says, we often hear it's important to get to know black people to start a dialogue, but how do you do that if you live in an all white world? Kate Cronkite wants to know. Kate, let me say this to piggyback on, on, on the wise words Oprah just said, just because the world is white doesn't mean your world has to be. Right. Um, the church <laughs> just because the world is white Kate it does not mean your world has to be um again I you went you are only 30 a... look at all they look at these pearls just dropping like that and you're only 30 <laughs> Kate that is it right there everybody give a hand clap shout out to that hello high five just look because... at the... <laughs> say it again say it again okay just because the world is white it does not mean your world has to be. When I grew up, again, all white private school. I, I graduated with like five people of color. Um, oh, that man. world was white, but my world wasn't. See, I still had some black friends, like I told you at church, like I told you in, in small groups, like I told you in sports. Kate, black people exist. It's not like black people are hiding under rocks. You just cannot be like water. Kate, if I were to pour water on the ground right now, it would take the easiest path, the path of least resistance. We navigate the easiest path. Oh, I live in this white neighborhood. Let me just go to the white youth leagues and the white church and the white temple and the white this and the white that. Kate, push against the path of least resistance. Um, it'll be better for everyone. <laughs> Um, 
Woo, a lot. First off, uh, I, I think it's funny when people who are trying to find racial inequality talk about race as the most divisive thing ever, as if people are choosing to solely associate with white people all the time. Like it's a conscious effort or it needs to be a conscious effort to not only hang out with white people. Right. We need equality consciously hang out with black people so that when you're hanging out with them, you're not doing it because I don't know, you genuinely like them and you want to hang out with them because you became friends organically, but because you feel guilty for not having black friends. So you went and found some. I'm sorry if you're friends with me because I'm black, because you felt like you needed some black friends. I, I, I respectfully screw you. You know what I mean? If you're going to be a friend with me because because you like who I am as a person, you like what I stand for, you like, you know, how our interactions go, how our hangouts go, then let's go. But 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 why is it you go to the white leagues, you go to the white gyms, you go to the white churches. It's like I go to the churches that I want to go to. I go to the gyms that are probably within a distance of where I live because that's what's convenient for me because I don't know, we all have lives and not all of us can just spend our entire day finding black people to become friends with. Also, black people He's like, well, I went predominantly white or a yeah, predominantly white school. So, but I had black friends at church. Black people, you don't need to have black friends. You don't. You don't. You don't need to have black friends. White people, you don't need to have black friends. White people, you don't even have white friends. You can have all black friends. Black people, you can have all black friends and no like. Do you see what I'm saying here? It's like we need this this racial inequality to be gone. We need to bring everybody together. And it's like, okay, yeah. Then everybody go do what you want. Because when you start forcing people that they need to go hang out with a certain race. That's not racial equality. That's bullshit. Like, like what? Uh, it blows my mind. It makes no sense. So, so when I when he says the path of least re least resistance, I know what he's talking about. So, so I grew up in a predominantly white area with a predominantly white high school. I'm pretty sure my brother and I were the only black people there. Um, and I had black friends growing up. It wasn't by choice. They were in my church. We played basketball together. We did things together. But it was never like, oh, got to go hang out with the black ones. It was people that we had things in common with, so we spent time with them. There were white people that played volleyball, Hispanics that played volleyball, that played soccer. There were, I mean, it was just, if we didn't want to play volleyball, but, oh, but that's the only way we could interact with white people, then we just wouldn't interact with white people. You know what I mean? Like this whole thing of like race needs to be the determining factor. Why you go do something is ridiculous to me, especially when it comes from the side that's like, we need to find equality and we need to stop looking at people as, as specific races, but we need to look at everyone as if they're a specific race. I'm like, okay, so you're creating an issue and then saying there's no way to solve it so that you can have a platform for the rest of your life talking about, well, just because the world is white doesn't mean your world has to be white. What? How about the world's the world, you're in it, you make whatever opportunity you need to make happen, happen. We're in 2020. Now, if I was saying this 50 years ago, I would have a definitely a different perspective on this. Don't get me wrong. I know history. You take me back 50 years, this would not be the conversation I would be having. Not even close, right? I would be more where he's at. So are we saying he's 50 years behind? Absolutely. <laughs> when it comes down to it, yes. But nowadays, yes, there's suburbs that are predominantly white. There are suburbs that are predominantly black as well. The funny thing is, so let's take this. Let's let's send a white person jogging through a black neighborhood. Black people are going to look and be like, that's weird. Why is this person here? You send a black person jogging through a white neighborhood. They're going to be like, wow, there's a black person here. That's weird. Why is that person here? You send a white person walking through Compton. Be some issues. Send a black person walking through, I don't know, some white neighborhood. Give me some issues. But the things that the thing that people want to, to, to ignore is that like you go to like places like I'm from California originally, don't live there anymore, quite proud of that. Um, you go to places like Calabasas, 
Beverly Hills, Los Angeles, anywhere in some suburb, Yorba Linda, Orange County, Orange, all these areas that are people think are just these white suburbs, there are black people littered everywhere in these uppity white neighborhoods. And you know how many people in there see race? None of them, because you got Indians, and I'm talking about Native Americans, you've got um, um, actual Indians, people from India, you have uh, people from Pakistan, people from uh, uh, Africa, you have just black Americans there, you have Hispanics, you have people straight born and raised in, in, in Mexico that have come here. I mean, you literally, it's a melting pot, a melting pot in these so-called white suburbs. How do I know this? Because I've been in all of them. Like, if you don't know, I do real estate as well as my brother lives in all these locations. Our family has lived in California our entire lives. If you haven't noticed, I'm black, so I've explored these locations, and I've seen, and I've met, and I've had friends of all races in all of these locations. No one in these neighborhoods that are very well off are like, oh, we need more black people here, or oh, there's too many black people here. No one. Now, I, I take that back. I'm not going to say no one. There might be that one or two people that are just genuinely racist, right? I'm not saying racist doesn't exist, but what I'm saying is this isn't something that's plaguing the world in 2020. The only thing plaguing the world in 2020 is making conscious efforts to hang out with other minorities because you feel guilty for being a certain race, mainly white. It's a joke. So when Oprah's like, oh my gosh, say it, you are profound, clappity clap clap, you're only 30 years old, you're going to be profound. You're like, what do you, what, what, why do you, like, Oprah, why are you this man's hype man? Like, why are you like, uh, take him to church, son. And all he said was, just because the world's white doesn't mean yours has to be. Is that profound? I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's profound. I, I, you know what I think is profound? And this is a quote by yours truly. Don't wait around waiting for the world to tell you it's changed enough for you to start. Just freaking do it. Is that profound enough for you guys? Everybody's got to be like, we got to change this. We got to make it equal for black people. We got to give them opportunity. We got to make sure the world is ready for colored folk. Hold on. Wait till the world's ready, then go. And I'm sitting here like, nah, I'm going to go now. Thanks, though. But these people are over here discussing all these different aspects of, well, well, this, well, the world's white, but your world doesn't have to be white. So don't conform to the white man. See, that's what I'm doing right now. Right. 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 I'm an Uncle Tom. Right. This this video that you guys are watching, whether you're black or white, this is me tap dancing. Right. Because it's so popular and so fun for me to literally gain so many white friends. Right. But the people who are calling me Uncle Toms and clowns and coons and 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 house Negroes and 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 all these other words that really. They should bother me, I feel like, more than they do. I really don't care. But all those people calling me that don't realize, like, for every video I post, for every pointed statement I make against BLM or the black community or or or, or not being Democrat, stuff like that, I, I, I may gain one white friend, right? But you realize I piss off and lose five black people, right? And for every white person I gain, there's five black people I use, lose and probably two liberal white people that I lose. So I'm probably hating uh, or, or making seven people hate me for every one person that likes my point of view, right? So they're like, oh, you're just chasing clout. You're just tap dancing. I'm like, why would I be doing all this for a minority acceptance? Like, like I'm looking to get accepted by the small portion of our country and piss off the majority. And you're saying I'm doing it to be a token and to chase clout? If I was chasing clout, I would be like these people out there who I'm not going to mention their names, but are out there tooting the horn about, yeah, talk to me about oppression. I'm not going to tell you how to get over it, but I'm going to tell you that it's there, and I'm going to keep preaching that it's there, so you keep coming back to my content. I'm never going to give you anything of value, but I'm going to make sure that when you can't do something, you have lots of excuses to feel safe in. Now, I think that's bullshit. 
bullshit. And that's one reason I really did start this clothing brand. I got to be honest. And I'm not trying to sell. I don't need any of you guys to go buy anything from my clothing brand. But it is something, a reason why I started this clothing, clothing brand was to show that it doesn't matter what is going on in your world right now. It doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. It doesn't matter where you live, who you associate with, what political party you're sitting in, how many black lives have been affected in your neighborhood, how many black lives aren't in your neighborhood. It all comes down to the fact that are you going to go out there and do shit or are you going to sit back and wait for someone to tell you that the world's changed enough so you have the opportunity to start? No, screw that. I already started. I'm not waiting for you to give me the green light. So I started this clothing brand to say, look, I can be successful. And I'm proud of it. So I'm just going to go ahead and tell you our first month we did $13,000 in sales. Does that sound like opportunity to anybody? And I don't know if you've noticed my skin color is black for anybody listening on the podcast. Yeah. So, so tell me again that black people don't have opportunity. And I'll say this one more time. It's not that it's not there. It's that you forgot to look. Now, now this is coming off harsh, and I, and I get that, but, but I'm, really, I'm really getting tired of the fact that this is still tapering off. Everyone thinks 2020 is about black lives. They forgot that this has nothing to do with black lives. The same reason why Black Lives Matter can't get a callback from the Biden campaign is the same reason Black Lives Matter stopped mattering as soon as the election votes were cast. <laughs> Am I pissing people off yet? I don't really care. I don't think people are seeing the full picture. Black Lives Matter, 100%. I'm not down with the movement. Black people have hurdles they need to jump over. I'm not going to lie about that. Black people suffer a, a, a discrimination that white people will never understand. White privilege is sort of a thing, but not in the way that black people would like to say it is. White privilege is the fact that maybe white people won't get pulled over as much as black people. But you know what's not white privilege is the fact that when you do get pulled over, you did have drugs on you and you did have a warrant out for your arrest and you were running from the house where you just did something that you shouldn't have done. That's not white privilege. That's you getting caught. Okay, there's a difference. Now, I know nobody wants to hear this because this is too insensitive and too real, but let's be real. I've been pulled over multiple times in, in, in a week. I've been pulled over over three times in one day, right? And that's crazy. And I'm 90% sure it's because of the color of my skin in the vehicle I drove. But guess what happened? Guess what happened? Check this out. Nothing. I had a minor inconvenience in my day that was a little bit of a discrimination. And then I went on about my day and um, lived my life. And the more I did that, the less I got pulled over. The more people were like, well, maybe this black person isn't bad. Oh, yeah, I'm admitting there's stereotypes out there. But how do we change it? By yelling, screaming, burning down buildings and being the people that people have stereotypes against us? Oh, these people are all thugs and rioters and, 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 and crazy violent people. And then we go out and do uh, thuggish things and, and riot and burn down things. And like, uh, yeah, I told you so. Instead of being like, oh, I pulled over three black people last week and every single one of them was respectful. Boom. Mindset changed. Is that our responsibility to change people's mindsets that have discrimination tactics or, or, or subconscious ideas about us? No, it's not our responsibility. But I used this analogy long, 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 long ago when I I first started talking about all this stuff. If you live in a house that you rent and some punk kid breaks your window, right? While you're sitting in there eating dinner, some punk kid breaks your window, right? And you're like, damn it, you little punk kid, you broke my window. So you call your landlord because it's not your window. It's the landlord's responsibility. And you say, hey, landlord, my, my, my window's broken. Can you please come and fix it? And he's like, well, how did it break? Uh, some punk kid threw a, a rock through it. Okay, yeah, we'll come out there. We'll fix your window. Hang tight. So you're like, all right, bet. So you sit down, you tape the window up, you sit down and, and you finish your dinner and 75 years go by and your landlord still hasn't showed up to fix your window. And you have 
bugs in your house, you have the weather in your house, your, your windowsill starting to rot because of all the rain, and you're still sitting there waiting for your landlord to show up and fix the window. Now, you have two options, right? You can continue sitting there waiting for that landlord to show up and fix your window, or you can go down to the hardware store, get yourself some damn tools, and figure out and learn and educate yourself how to fix that window yourself, close it all up, fix that problem, and then start living your life again and moving forward and accomplishing things. Which one do you want to do? Do you want to sit around complaining about the window, calling the landlord every four years saying, hey, are you going to give us a better landlord this time? Are you going to give us a better landlord this time? Are you going to give us a better landlord this time? Or are you just going to be like, you know what, I'm just going to fix my own issues to hell with waiting for the landlord to come do it. Am I heated a little bit? No, not really. I just get really excited about this stuff. <laughs> I think it's insane. I think it's insane. Trump or Biden, I don't give a shit. Sorry for my cursing. Um, but it, it really needs to be put out there. And this needs to be something that you remember. I, I don't care. I don't care. I, I personally think Trump would be a way better option. I think Trump has done more for the black community than, than, than any other president in my lifetime, especially. Um, I think Biden is a complete panderer, kind of like how he said, hey, Black Lives Matter, talk to us after the election. And now Black Lives Matter is like, hey, yo, what's up? And he's like, uh, sorry, can't come to the phone right now. I don't think he's going to do anything for the black community, kind of like how Obama, yeah, the black man's president also didn't do a damn thing for the black community. So call me what you want. I personally thought Trump was better. But let me tell you this. I'm not going to wait for Trump to get in office before I start to go do things. I'm not going to wait for, for, for Biden to get in office before I start going doing things. Whoever wasn't doing shit before Biden potentially gets in office isn't going to do it after. Anybody who was achieving during Trump is going to continue to achieve under Obama. Stop making this as the ultimate excuse. Yes, I'm going to advocate. Adv I'm, <laughs> hold up. Slow down. Slow down. Yes, I'm going to be an advocate for who I truly believe should be in office, but that doesn't mean I'm going to determine my future and my path forward on who's going to be in office. You feel me? But the black community, we constantly are like, we need this to move forward. We need that to move forward instead of being like, what do I personally need as an individual to accomplish? Now, I understand that this takes a lot of education. This takes someone reaching out to the black community and teaching them how to look at these things because that has been a huge deficit in the black community is proper education. And the more I've dove into this, the more I've, I've really dug into this, I've realized that the educating individuals in the black community are teaching oppression but no way to get out of it. So, for example, you have people that, that call themselves educators, but all they do is say, well, you're oppressed because, you know, back in the day, the system was built to stifle black Americans. So they, we had slavery, we had the civil rights, um, the civil rights movement, which did a little bit, but they don't want to harp on the good stuff. Then they go back to the fact that, well, you know, they, they implemented all these racist tactics, the redlining, the, the, um, the uh, uh, crime bill, the the uh, um, <clears throat> war on drugs, all this different stuff to, to stop the black community, right? They preach that. Why? Because it's history. It's facts. They preach, they preach, they preach, they preach, they preach that. So these kids are sitting there like, man, this place is racist, right? How could you not agree with that? It is. It is. This place has been based off racism. But then we make strides to fix it. We make strides to fix it. But the teachers, the educators in the black communities don't, don't want to teach the strides. They're just teaching the racist implementations, Right. So now that nothing's really been implemented, that's racist. We're just calling a president racist, even though he has actually not put anything in action that's racist, because what are we used to teaching racism? We're not used to teaching solutions. No, no, that would be too empowering. So when we sit here and say just because the world's white doesn't mean yours has to be white is basically just because this place isn't for you doesn't mean you have to treat this place like it isn't for you. So what does that? Okay, well, first off, you don't belong here. Second, you're going to have to do your own thing. Instead of how about you introduce yourself into society and start taking some of these opportunities that are predominantly white, like these trades, right? 
like these like these 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 opportunities that black people make fun of me and other people like myself for. You drive a truck, you work construction, <laughs> you're surrounded by white people, bro. And I'm like, I'm making money though. I didn't realize it was about who I surrounded by. I thought it was the livelihood of my family. But no, 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 no. Whitewash, right? Because I drive a truck and I work with my hands, right? Yeah, it's crazy, huh? So this, this racist implementation from the black community saying that you can't do certain things, you can't vote a certain way, you can't say certain things, you can't wear certain clothes, you can't drive certain cars, you can't speak a certain way or, or sound a certain way, you can't go to certain places, you can't have certain colored friends or too many of them, and you have to have a certain amount of colored these colored friends so that you don't seem like you're too whitewashed. All these regulations, right, these rules, almost as if we're still slaves and we need to follow a rule book, the black community puts on themselves, so kids are walking around, and I get I get hundreds of messages, probably hundred messages a week, or not a week, a month at least, of black kids being like, "Yo, I've never seen someone like you in the trades, man. Like, like, how did you get into it? Right? Because they don't have it. They don't have a sounding board. They didn't know. They didn't know they could go build houses and make three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars a year. They they didn't know they could start a clothing brand on their own with no money. They didn't know they could go get into real estate investing. They didn't know that there's real estate hacks where they could actually own their own home, which they thought would be impossible. Why? Well, real estate investing is for white people somehow. And no one taught them to look, you know, instead of like for me, when I grew up, I was listening to, you know, uh, uh, entrepreneurs and, and listening to audiobooks. I first I still can't read very well, which is an excuse for me. It's not an excuse. I literally just go to audiobooks. When audiobooks, when Audible really hit, that's when my my education really started to move. Because I was like, well, I don't have to sit down and read and get a headache every time. I can actually just listen to it while I'm doing something else so I can maintain my ADD. Boom. Audiobooks in my ear all day while everyone else was listening to Drake. Everybody else was rapping on the bus to the song that Drake just came out with that I've never heard before. I was sitting there listening to Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's the difference. What's cool? What's not? And then we want to blame it on the white man for holding us back when now in 2020, when we have the opportunity to do whatever we want, we're still choosing the path of least resistance. There you go, Emmanuel Haracho. What's the path of least resistance? Calling bullshit on all the propaganda that pushes black people to be dependent and going out and being a sellout and accomplishing shit for yourself or just doing what you've been doing. Preach the same thing that hasn't fixed a single thing for 100 years. That's the path of resistance, huh? So basically what you're saying is just because the world's white, yours doesn't have to be. So basically you're telling black people, just cope. Understand that this world will never be for you, never was for you. And uh, just realize that you got to make sure you surround yourself by your own people. Um, and, and maybe white people will start intentionally finding black people that they can become friends with. Because, I don't know, it's like we're some, you know, go fund a kid from Uganda here in the United States. Go find yourself a black friend and treat him nice. You're a joke, dude. I'm call, I'm calling it out. I think you have the best of intentions. I don't. If I met you in person, man, I would be so stoked to talk to you. But I think that the point of view that you're coming at this from is a point of hindrance. I understand this is historically based. I understand you're talking about the history of our country. But again, the implementation of problems far outweighs the 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 information and the education of solutions. 
We need to just figure out what it is we need. Do we need to pay our bills? How do we start a business? How do we get a job that we can thrive in? How do we not end up with these part-time jobs in the situations that we're in? How do we go from having no education, no college education, no place to live that's comfortable, no way to fully educate ourselves, and realizing that we have cell phones, we have internet, we have libraries, we have all this stuff now that is the, the click of a mouse or the tap of a finger, and we can educate ourselves so much further than anybody who's ever even gone to college. When are these role models like Emmanuel going to start pushing this education factor of, look, you thought rap and sports were your only option? <laughs> Not even close. You thought construction and the trades were for white people? Not even close. You thought you couldn't become a scientist? You thought you couldn't become all these other things that the black community seems to be like a sellout position? You thought those were sellout positions? No, those are lucrative wealth-building positions. When are we going to start teaching that instead of, world's racist? Just make sure your world is a little bit of a mix of both. You know, Be a little racist, but also let a few white people in. That doesn't seem like you're fixing any problems. With that being said, guys, I am done here for the day. I need to go get some work done outside of this. But if you want to support me, please go to muchlovestore.com. The link is below this, um, and it's also in the show notes if you're listening to this on the podcast. Much love to you guys. I appreciate you. Um, we're going to be sending out some newsletters with just kind of information each week. You can go to www.muchlovestore.com. There will be a prompter that pops up. Put your email in there, and you can get um, – uh, information weekly, just, you know, news or just a little blog post from yours truly. So head over to the website and enter your email. You don't have to buy anything, just enter your email so you can get the emails from us. Um, and I think that's it guys. Much love to you guys. Stay motivated, stay, stay empowered, always be learning something. Okay. Being empowered doesn't mean you got to be better than anybody and up in everybody's face that disagrees with you. Being empowered and being educated means every single time you come across somebody who doesn't agree with you, you learn something from them, respectfully agree or disagree, and, and you go on your way stacking those papers in your brain being like, every time I need to, I got something I can pull out and that information that I can use. So without any more waste of time, I hope you get to your day or you finish your day or whatever it is you're doing and I hope you do it well. Much love. I'll talk to you guys later.